4: Alan watch and just cutting through the matrix newcomers look into cutting through the and go over as many of the older talks i've given down through the years talks which try to put a very complex system into place for your mind to perceive how it all interconnects how you're managed in a global system and have been for quite some time where even your culture and the alterations in culture are pre-planned and simply marketed into your minds and you adapt to them and you wonder why you live in a dysfunctional society it was planned that way I try to fill in a lot of the blank spots for you by going over old documents, old books by big players in the field players employed to work towards this global fascist type system. Also look into Alan Watts sent in EU for transcripts which you can download, written in the various languages of Europe. We are on the fast track now, as they love to see themselves, the fast track. They love the term track. A track is a line, you see. And everything starts with the point, and then you draw the line. The old mystery religion is still in place, and they want everyone on board, being pirates all. They want us on board their system and on track with their agenda. Everything that goes into the creation of your system, from kindergarten to cartoons, to the books put out for children, to the movies made for adults, is all part of the predictive programming process which you're exposed to and have been your whole life long. Your children now are exposed to the upgrade version, the society that will be prepared for them when they reach 20 or 30. And it's not a pretty picture at all because we're in the age now of crisis creation. To pull off the final stunt, the final part of this part of an agenda they have to create crisis everywhere how can they do that well it's very simple they've taken over everything that you need from food to clothing to shelter heat energy they've taken it all over and put it into the hands of a few of their front international corporations they've killed off the old farmers they've driven them off the land have taxed them off the land. They've paid farmers not to grow crops. What happens when you don't grow crops? Well, you get shortages, you see. And that's the next step. Because food is going to be used as a weapon, as I've mentioned, for years. And we're seeing the scenario now. Loom above us is the major media, you know, the brainwashing, predictor programming bunch, start to talk about I've been warning the public about it for years. I'll be back with more on this after these messages. Hi, folks, I'm Ellen Watt through the matrix and this is April the 7th 2008 I'm talking about the new crisis creation techniques everything suddenly is a crisis from terrorists everywhere terrorists under the bed my goodness could be your next-door neighbor it might even be you if you haven't been tested for it yet apparently it's catching and they're going after food now food has always been used as a weapon down through the many many centuries thousands of years in fact of the same techniques and I've talked about the United Nations speaking about using food to control people ultimately the UN is to be in charge of the distribution of food across the planet and they're going to use it as a tool to force people a big stick to force people to reduce their population if you don't bring your population down you aren't going to get more rations That's in their charter, Department of Agriculture the United Nations. Now, look it up for yourself. And I talked also a while back about the Royal Institute of International Affairs, this front organization that does the real legwork of running the global system, implementing it, and propagating it to you via the media. They've been talking about the coming food shortages. Suddenly, it's a crisis across the world. And, of course, they will blame global warming, which is another farce as well, another creation of one of their think tanks, the Club of Rome. Here's an article from the telegraph.co.uk from today, 7th of April 2008. Soaring price of food leads to riots. Now, I've been telling you they're predicting 30 years of escalating riots. That's from the top think tank from the Department of Defense, for Britain, it also was a top think tank for NASA, or for, for I should say, for the the whole block uh, of, of uh, amalgamated militaries for the for the Americas, Canada, Europe, and Britain. It says soaring price of foods leads to riots. By Judge James Kirkup, political correspondent. Rising food prices threaten economic stability. And could trigger riots. Gordon Brown, the Prime Minister of Britain, has been warned. The World Bank, another UN creation, said this week that the price of staple foods had risen by 80% in the past three years. For consumers in wealthy nations such as Britain, soaring prices are squeezing household finances and keeping inflation up. But for developing nations, they can lead to malnutrition and social disruption. My goodness, they're a bright guys. They've been using this for centuries for developing nations and keeping the population down. Food prices are being driven up by shortages of supply, often caused by bad weather. They own the weather. Remember, that was the newspapers a few years ago. Then the American Air Force said it would shortly own the weather. Well, they do by harp and by spraying us every day like bugs from these aircraft that crisscross the sky. And by rising demand, Mr. Brown chaired the Progressive Governance, Progressive Governance Summit. Did you know there was such a thing? A Progressive Governance, governance, remember, summit. That's just what they're calling it now, not government, governance. That's where they order you to do something and you obey. In Watford, at the weekend, and heard a string of warnings about the rising price of food, Antonio... Guterres, the UN High Commissioner for Refugees, told the summit the cost of food is leading to riots. He said the biggest problem today is rising food prices in democratic countries everywhere. This can trigger social unrest. The summit drew together some of the world's most important left-of-center politicians, including former U.S. President Bill Clinton. The meeting blamed the price hikes on U.S. and European Union moves, to use biofuels such as ethanol to curb greenhouse gas emissions another bogus creation ethanol an alternative to petrol is made using corn and its increasing use has pushed up maize prices that's not really true because Monsanto you see had to somehow either by aerial methods or other means of delivery put in their GMO maize products into Latin America where they were denied entry so they just flew over them and scattered the stuff And now it's taking over their crops. The EU wants biofuels to make up more than 5% of transport fuel by 2010. And the US may triple the amount of maize it uses for ethanol over the next decade. But Mr. Clinton said what's really hurting the food markets is America moving into ethanol. People there are moving into corn and you can have pastor riots in Italy related to what some people are doing in farming in America. Now, I said at the beginning of the show for those with memory since governments, since World War II governments of all western countries got heavily involved in agriculture first handing out freebies and little tax free havens for farmers to go into they took the bait, the next thing they knew, in came the government to regulate their farms and ultimately they've been pushed out of business Margaret thatcher and others have said the same thing. And they said that the United Nations Agricultural Department, that farming was just too important to be left to farmers. So you have giant agri-food businesses, international corporations, five of them mainly, that now own the entire food supply of the planet. Not only that, they they have made sure they will always own it because they've put in their modified seed with the killer gene, so that they cannot reproduce themselves. You can't save seed and plant it next year. It already caused riots in India a few years ago when it was they were forced on it. Many of the farmers there committed suicide because they knew they'd have to go back cap in hand to the masters every year and buy food, buy the seed to plant, Whereas before they collected their own and planted it. So this is the start of the, the drumbeat to... To tell you that your food supply is going to go up and up and up in price as it becomes more scarce, then those at the top bring on utter crisis. And they're also raising the price of gasoline and diesel, which transport everything, including your food, to wherever its final destination is. That's tacked on to the consumer at the bottom. Food, shelter, clothing, energy, everything you need for survival is pretty well out of your hands and what they mean by that is interdependence. You're now an interdependent person. In other words, you're completely dependent on them for everything that you need. You are a slave. That's what it boils down to. By design. A war has been going on against the general populace of the planet for an awful long time and the public have been completely oblivious to it. When you start to give up the ability to feed yourself, teach yourself, clothe yourself, barter with each other for what you need, and so on, you're now dependent upon a system which you do not control. Someone else does. That's your new master. It's called interdependence global, and individual interdependence. So here's the Prime Minister of Britain, a good Royal Institute of International Affairs member, using the old standard technique of that very organisation to terrify the hell out of people and get them ready for riots. Riots. And now you know why the Department of Defence published that 90-page document. they, They foresee nothing but escalating riots for 30 years and remember we're in a hundred years war according to those at the top cheney rumsfeld and others have used that term over and over it's a hundred years war not just against the middle east it's to radically alter every country every culture and, and the way of life across the entire globe and out of it will come a drastically altered society Their perfected society. A society that's much, much smaller. A society which will have no male and female as we know it. No family as we know it. They're going to genetically modify, create, perfect, ideal design humanity to serve them better. A humanity which will be unable to think for themselves, to even wonder what's happened. They won't even have that ability. the World Science Meeting held in Loyola University a few years ago in Louisiana. The top geneticists were there, the top bioengineers were there, and the top computer people were there. And they said that shortly it would be unable for an individual to even be able to perceive themselves as a distinct, separate, that ability will be gone. The top guy from Tokyo said, think of it more like the beehive. You'll hear the buzzing or or whispering of voices going through your mind from central computers or regional computers as they program you, and you'll hear the voices of the recipients going back to the central computer. You'll hear the buzz, just like the Borg in Star Trek. Star Trek was one of the greatest forms of predictive programming for this whole agenda. They're very enjoyable. They make sure that your poison is very enjoyable as they program you. What a world we're living in. And people call in all the time, asking to the solutions. And I tell them, the solutions can only start individually. A little light goes on here, a light goes on there, and... You've got to bypass the organized groups that we put out there for you to join. Because generally they're led by the same people at the top. They give us the leaders we follow. That's why they never lose. We're down to the question of what is life? What's the meaning of life? Are we good enough as we are? Or do we allow ourselves to be changed alongside the agenda? back with more after these messages Hi, I'm Alan Watt we're cutting through this matrix this thick very thick multi-layered system we think is reality and casting away all the illusions and all the illusions that have been promulgated into us by a very scientific indoctrination system coordinated with media of all kinds along with the educational system and we do enjoy our downloading they make it very very interesting especially in the fictional side of things now we'll go to the phone now and we've got dick from hella hella of course is hell for Earth and
2: that's where we are right now. So are you there, Vic? What's going on out? I'm Survivor. Good to talk to you. Wanted to ask you, um does Plato mention the creation of money in the Republic? He kind of avoids it.
4: Um he accepted it of course as a as a way of um exchange. He it was also used for buying back slaves who Actually, who were caught during wars, he would ransom them back with money. So he thought it was essential for that purpose, so they could save their own elite if they were caught in some other territory and and sold into slavery.
2: His money was a problem way before the Federal Reserve, right?
4: You know, I mean, it was always a problem. It was, a problem. it was a problem. What do you say, yeah. people? It was the same. It was the same in, with the Phoenicians. The Phoenicians had it worked out that they would loan money to countries and then loan them to go to war with other countries and part of the deal with the Phoenicians was that they would get a proportion of uh, the vanquished and turn them into slaves and they worked gold mines with them as far as the Ural Mountains they had gold mines back in those days and they worked out that uh, one gram of of, uh, gold uh, per life human life because it was terrible working conditions you died generally within a week of working for them then that was worth it because slaves were so plentiful.
2: Right. So money
4: and riches and, and uh, any, any medium of exchange has always been tied to armies, slaughter, and slavery.
2: So what do you say to the people that want to just blame the Fed and if we could just get rid of the Fed, then everything would be okay? They'd have to do their history and look into the,
4: the system in America before the Fed came in. Read Robert Barron's, look at the, the depressions they caused in the 18th century with three men. They were so easy to collapse the banking system, which they ran primarily. Then they'd buy up all the stocks for peanuts, put all the pensions out the window, and, and collect it all for themselves. Uh, that was a, you, you find that with Gould and, and a few other ones, Morgan and so on. Uh, they, they got together and collapsed the banks twice in the 1800s and confiscated everything and the businesses, etc. That was normal business practice back
2: then. So you would just go back to the same system. Yeah, uh, could I get your opinion of the Black Panthers? Because I don't know, you know too how much about them. Comes from the top. Is that possible that they are? Because it seems to me they were the one people that were going to do some real things. They certainly drew a lot of attention
4: from the, the feds at the top, who eventually went to, into the business of hiring people, training them to to infiltrate them. So probably were in the beginning they were definitely. Um, a real a real force to be reckoned with and, and probably dedicated to their cause. Uh, what do you think of Malcolm X? Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell. Um, he said a lot of the truth, no doubt whatsoever. Did he have any other agenda at the back of his mind, we'll never know. We'll never know now if he was completely genuine and if he would stay that course or would he go
2: further and perhaps be part of the problem. I don't know. Do you think he was more genuine towards the end? You know? It's difficult to say. I
4: mean, everything is so muddied because most of the most of the, the scholar work done upon him has been done by um, people outside the groups. In other words, established media. So you, you don't really know what's true anymore as they muddy the
2: waters. You know. Yeah. Really curious about this in your book. Um, how how was it possible for them to arrange the Lincoln Kennedy symmetry? You know, with all the dates. Oh, they love this. They love this. It's almost like uh <laughs> But how could you a birth school boys guy, at the private you
4: know, school? Yeah. On the same. Yeah. Yeah. They love the, this kind of thing, and, and they go to extreme lens sometimes to get the right names, at the right place, at the right time, uh, just to have their in-house joke. That's how
2: they boast to each other, "We are gods." Play <laughs> with the public, <laughs>
4: and
2: well, the public haven't a no clue. Yeah. But wouldn't that mean that yeah. you'd have to arrange a birthing? You know, for a certain. Person at a certain time, like how does? One it do certainly that? would. It
4: certainly would. Either you have them change their names, a generation beforehand,
2: in order to use them down the road. Which, mind you, they have been known to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Fine. your opinion, are there any good guys in the public view? Like. Uh, I don't really see the good guys at the top. Um, Anybody on TV? in any music-wise, political-wise, anything?
4: I I kind of doubt it. Many people might be genuine, but they're they're not in on the big plan. And if you're not in on the big plan and and you see the overall picture, you can be used as a
2: dupe, a very honest dupe, but a a dupe nonetheless, you know? So even as far as dupes go, who are your favorite artists or celebrities? Even though you know Uh, they're made... It's hard to say... uh, uh, It's hard for me to
4: say even today because um, I never watch television. I haven't watched for a long time ever because
2: it's so it's so
4: zany now. I, I don't really follow it, you know.
2: Well, I mean, as far as music-wise, you know, and movie-wise, no, like, Do music, you have any actors or musicians that you really liked? I can't really go into that now. Uh, it'll take too long. <laughs> oh, can I ask you another question when you get back? <laughs> no, that's enough for now. Other callers. All right. Wait. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling.
3: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth.
4: Hi, I'm Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix, and we have Charles from Nova Scotia on the line. Are you there, Charles? Hello? Hello, Charles.
1: The, uh, the purpose of my call this evening is I want to ask you about the uh, special closed session of the U.S. House of Representatives that was uh, discussed back on uh, March 13th. I want to know your, uh, what you thought about that.
4: I think they're just going the same way as all the British Commonwealth countries have gone. Well, we have what we call pretty councils. Here we are electing people in, yet they have a private council where the public are not allowed in, we're not allowed to know what's being said. It's just the U.S.'s version of the same thing, and I was waiting for them to do it because um, it's all the same system worldwide now, regardless of republic, democracy, constitutions, or anything else. We're already under this system, and it is showing us that, that we don't have democracy anywhere.
1: Supposedly, it was leaked that there was the, um, that they discussed the imminent collapse of the U.S. economy to occur by September 2008, I was wondering what you
4: thought of that date. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. I mean, it's hard to, to go with leaks or even supposed leaks it ends up in rumor. I know that when when they, they said that oil went past the fifty dollar a barrel, then a hundred dollar a barrel as predicted by Rumsfeld at the beginning of 9/11 He says don't don't uh, he says don't uh, well, probably double by you know two or three years time. He says don't uh, be surprised that's part of the agenda and then the economists came in on the same act and they said generally it takes four years uh for the economy to catch up and show a decline or or a boom well it'll be probably four years from i would say now that's when the major bust will come that's when it catches up and all comes home to roost
1: so do you think these um these supposed leaks are just like a, a fear-mongering tactic to uh to get people uh, worried about what's
4: going to happen? Yeah, I guess you're worried, and, and then once you're worried enough and you're terrified, they'll come out with the United Nations organization or department, then that will see we'll have to take over uh, the system. Now, remember, too, they're using this fear-mongering to amalgamate the Americas even faster, and that will also be used as an excuse to the public uh, as to why they had to amalgamate. They cannot have all these separate governments, separate currencies, etc., and the only way we can fight this and compete with China and Europe is to amalgamate in the same way that will be used. So, yes, to create fear before they give you the answer. Yes,
1: the, uh, the claims of the imminent collapse of the U.S. federal government, their finances and such, I just saw it as a, another step towards the uh, American Union. It's almost like they it have been the pre-programming yeah.
4: to get us uh, even more. It is. They also used 9-11 um, for Fortress America, which they published in 2005, the reason why they have to amalgamate the Americas is because we can't defend ourselves with separate governments. And this economic uh, chaos that they're bringing in is also going to be the next nail in the coffin, the second reason why they have to amalgamate. And that will suit most people. They'll say, well, okay, I guess they had to do it. They have no choice.
1: Yeah. Yes. Also, I'm yeah. suspicious of the, um, the push right now to to buy gold. It seems to me like it's a, just a fleecing of the, uh, the populace to uh, remove their assets so they can't actually invest in things that would be more useful, like food and um, uh, things that would help them survive through the coming crisis.
4: Well, people always push these products during uh, crisis times, and I always go by the Rothschild dictum, which was you, you buy when low, sell when high. Yes. That makes more sense
1: ok and they're also predicting the possibility of a civil war inside the USA as a result of the collapse of the the economy
4: well they are preparing for civil war for 20 years by building up internal armies to deal with it they knew uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago exactly where they'd take us by 2008 and 2010 and they've been writing about the coming uh, unrest civil unrest They say they've published it, a 90 page document for the top think tank for the Department of Defense of Britain and all NATO countries. So uh, they haven't told you why you'll be rioting, but it's obvious it's going to be your food, it's going to be money, it's going to be increasing taxation while all that's happening, and you have no money to pay. And and no doubt, too, if if they need be, they'll throw a plague into the mix as well. They've even uh,
1: claimed advanced roundups of insurgent U.S. citizens likely to move against the government. Yeah. And the detention of those rounded up uh, at the Rex 84 camps,
4: uh, constructed uh, through yeah. the USA. They published them back, uh, initially back in the 1980s and then 90s again. And uh, so they, and they've been building them ever since. So this is a, a long-term plan. They know where they're taking us, and they're causing the crisis every step of the way. Yes,
1: and also the uh, possibility of retaliation against the members of Congress for the collapse. So they're basically going to sacrifice their front men,
4: I think. Uh, They'll be well shielded behind lines of security men. They already are. If they're private security forces, generally ex-CIA guys protecting them, Uh, every prime minister, every ex-prime minister has security guards supplied by the RCMP and CIA for life. Yes. So they're already prepared against all of this kind of stuff.
1: And they're making the promise of those safe locations, safe facilities for members of Congress and such, and their families during the uh, the massive um, civil unrest coming. That's right. And the, yeah. I caught your show on Alex Jones today. Uh, a really good really good show. It was really well done. Okay. I, and also, I want to qu- ask you one last question. Uh, were you correct when you said, or am I correct when you said that the, the underground tunneling machines that they're using are actually tunneling at five miles per hour?
2: Was that yeah, a, yeah, that was the
4: latest thing that I had read when they published that some years ago in one of the science magazines. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right, thank you, Alan. Hey, hey, thank hey, you for you, your time.
4: Well Thanks for calling. Now we've got... Uh, the guy's name is supposed to be Jake in Texas. Let's see if it is Jake.
0: Hello?
2: Hello? Oh,
0: uh, yes, Alan. Yeah, you and Alex Jones make a good team. You balance out his hyperness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, my question is, how do we, as as uh, free-thinking people, start to um, at least imagine a new system to put in place uh, when this one crumbles? Because if it does crumble, uh, the the surviving elite will just pick up the pieces and they'll start over again. And there are no good Mm -hmm. old days to go back to.
4: That's right. I mean, even I don't know when the good old days were, it's primarily through fiction again and Hollywood and Little House on the Prairie and the Waltons, you know?
0: Yeah.
4: Um, Times were pretty tough. The only difference being they had solid family and community units. They helped each other out have done their best to destroy even that cohesion over the years is to bring out the new scientific global community a completely different radically different uh, entity altogether uh, so it's, it's going to be very difficult regardless um, some people will definitely help each other other ones will turn on you because they they, they have no ability to bind anymore uh, they don't even know their neighbors they, they, they're suspicious of people that's the modern society for you. It will be chaos for a long time, I've no doubt whatsoever.
0: So basically trying to bind with the other people to, to come up with a new system together. Because I know, yeah, I, know truly... I can't ask you directly, what's a new system? Because you don't know, and I don't
4: know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, any other system would have to be something based more uh, naturally on a human, old human society where people... Um, uh, had their own communities with a strong culture, not this, 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 destroyed, fragmented culture we're given today where the elite really are the bosses. Um, ancient societies didn't not have, need to know, um, if there was a department out there of welfare to help them out. The, the tribe, the clan, the people helped each other. That was the, the law. There were very few laws and the people knew them all. They didn't have police forces or armies, didn't need them. They were all part of the army. And, um, that's what we'd have to get back to, something like that. You cannot give your ability to sustain yourself to, to others. That's the bottom line.
0: Yeah. And I'd like to tell you about a, a new mind control device I heard on another radio program that, uh, all the big wigs like Oprah and Donald Trump and all them, and they're selling it in the high end stores. They've got out a new watch that, um, supposed to make your brain waves in a certain frequency and give you uh, bliss all the time
4: and when mm-hmm. i heard oh, that
0: yeah. i was like oh yeah that that's mind control and a watch
4: mind control indeed uh, they'll be happy when they all have their chip yeah. and it's all part of conditioning the public towards getting a chip and that will also be pushed on the public through uh, keeping their safety and they have to be monitor everyone for safety's reasons yeah
0: yeah. So yeah. the the listeners out there be on the lookout for that new device coming around too. Okay. Well, well, th- well,
2: thanks for thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye.
4: And we'll go on to Keith from Florida. Are you there, Keith?
2: Uh, hello, Alan. Hello. Hello, oh, Alan. Hi.
1: Hello. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in response, uh, before I ask my first my question, uh, in response to the last call, I I would suggest a system loosely based on the Amish community with all the, without
5: all the religious dogma. I think we grow a lot of uh, good food and build a lot of good houses and take mm-hmm. care of one another. Okie dokie. right,
4: Alan, thanks a lot. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. i uh, have got uh, John from California. Are you there, John?
3: Yes, I am, Alan. Nice to talk to you.
4: Hello, Hello Alan. Yeah.
3: Hello? Yeah, yeah Alan. Uh, Hello? Yeah, Alan. Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, Alan. Yeah, I just had a, a quick question for you on your uh, appearance as a guest on Alex Jones's show this morning.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, uh, you and you and Alex were both talking about global warming, and uh, each of you cited a source. I believe Alex came up with the Carnegie Foundation, and you mentioned uh, some source, a book from the Club of Rome, in which uh, yeah. you both seem to be saying the same thing that the uh, uh, people who were running the world back in the 70s had uh, had come up with this idea of, of global warming to yeah. to uh, sucker the masses into it. C- can you give me a specific reference? I went to
4: the club of rome's website and I, I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I don't... the book is called the, the book is called the first Global revolution published and put out by the Club of Rome itself the first global Revo- revolution revolution yeah revolution okay and and
3: when was it when was it published do you know
4: They published it in the 90s, but uh, the founders who wrote the book said that that back in the 70s, the two of them, the two founders, had uh, come up with this idea, this bogus idea to fool the public, to bring them together under a global system, and and they dreamed up the, the whole idea of global warming. They looked at other options, and they thought this would fit the bill. That's what they said.
3: You don't happen to remember the names
4: of the two men, do you? Actually, you, you'll find that yourself. It's a simple book check. You, you'll find it out there. Okay, the, the, first, the first global, global revolution. revolution. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, look, okay, Alan, thanks a lot for your help. Okay, thanks for calling. Yeah, okay, bye. Now we've got uh, Robert from Nova Scotia. Are you there, Robert? Uh, good evening, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. How are you doing? Uh, great, thanks. I just got
5: one uh, question there about uh, Kendrill's Alan. Uh, last week uh, I was... I, well, I always look up, and lots of chemtrails go by, and they fly uh, north, south here, Europe to the United States. Anyway, there, there was one uh, uh, aircraft flying over the house here, and I was, I was videotaping it and taking some pictures of it along chemtrail, and then all of a sudden there was a, a black line in front of the aircraft going off to infinity, basically, and it was following directly this black line. Have you ever heard of that
4: happening? Oh, I've seen it many times In fact, I've seen some of the types of spray, uh, sprayed above clouds, and when it cuts through the cloud below it, which means it's heavier, Mm -hmm. obviously, it's not just water vapor, it's heavier, you'll see it turning black as it it cuts through the cloud beneath it. Exactly, yeah, I've uh, actually photographed
5: that as well. Also, uh, just right after that, there was another aircraft coming behind it with a long trail, and the the trail actually that was coming out, it was a a blue color. Uh I've never
4: seen a, a, a different colored one before, but... Yeah, the blue ones tend to, to mix. I call them the polymer ones. It's almost like looking through a plastic film or a barrier for, for your basement or your insulation. As a good that blue tinge. But the polymer was designed back in the 60s, and this is declassified stuff. And they said that its purpose was to bring virus or bacterial or chemical agents down to ground target level.
5: Now, that doesn't surprise me. Everybody I talk to around here is uh, sick these days. So. Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay, that's all
4: for for now, Alan. You have a good evening. You too. Thank you. I've got Maggie from Texas. Are you there, Maggie?
6: Yes. Hello, Alan. Uh, um, the previous caller brought up something that reminded me of some questions I've been holding for a long time because they were sort of off the subject. Um, this concerns elite in-jokes based on names and wordplay. Um, I find it hard to believe that we have as a candidate now a person whose last name uh, rhymes with Osama and whose middle name is Hussein, And Uh I just wonder what you think of it, because I understand that he's been quietly being groomed for at least 20 years, I mean behind the scenes, for a, a major career, and that would imply that Osama, who is also an operative, of course, had been groomed for the same amount of time, or that somebody a long time ago recognized this. Is this possible?
4: It's very possible. They actually Mm -hmm. do this kind of thing.
6: They do, okay. And
4: they do love, especially when they have picked them years ahead Mm -hmm. for their task. Mm -hmm. You'll find that they do this and they'll pick specific names for them. Sometimes they'll change their name for the task as well. Uh And uh, they they love these jokes, yeah.
6: Yes, okay. Uh, Quickly, uh, two more. Ilian Gonzalez incident, that surely was a setup, was it not? His name is an anagram for alien. How could it get more perfect?
4: Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about that. <laughs> and
6: the last one, yeah, yeah. Okay.
4: We'll, we'll be back with more after these messages. Hi, I am Alan Watt cutting through the Matrix and putting some of the pieces together. And it's very, very complex, but you do see how it meshes. Like a big jigsaw puzzle, gradually. In, in itself, again, it comes together, it implodes together. Now we've got Diane from, I think it's Minnesota, on the line you there, Diane.
7: Yeah, hi, Alan. Can how you hear you? me? Yeah.
4: Hello? Go ahead, Hello. yeah.
7: Thank you for all the stuff that you do. I listen to you all, all the time. I was listening the other night when you were on Jeff Rentz mm-hmm. or one other night and by a fluke, you said to put in rogue government and yeah. go to his site. And I put in rogue and I spelled it wrong. I spelled R-O-U-G-E government and up came the North American Union in the area that I live and all the the doctors and those that are affiliated with the North American Union. This really blew me away. Yes. It must already be up and running.
4: It is running. It's been running for a long, long time. Yeah. So, th- long so time.
7: these these people, these doctors and clinics in the area, then they're already in the know and in agreement with what's what's taking place.
4: Yes, the the higher paid ones. Are, are, they'll go along with anything for for their saving themselves and keeping their own standard of living. At least they hope to keep their own standard of living, and they'll go along with anything, and they'll keep quiet and silent from the public if need be.
7: Yeah. No, well, I was I was just so blown away, and one of them was a doctor that I use, and I know. And, uh, just recently though, but I, I plugged in that with a few of the other communities on another friend's computer and her town came up and then it listed the ones that were in her town in the yes. smaller towns roundabout. So I um I've been listening and studying for quite a while now and I looked at all your, your old information. I ordered your books and I, it's, it's hard to find people though that'll listen. Uh, I have a couple of people that listen, but it's really difficult. They think you're... They can't handle it, whether they think it's true or no, not. So,
4: they can't. Yeah, most people will never be able to handle the truth. It's too big for them. Uh, it, it bursts the bubble of the fictitious world that they want to believe in, where where some big paternal figure is taking care of everything for them, and they don't realize that's the problem of the whole thing. You have to deal with the problems yourself. You cannot give that right away to others because then you're going to be dominated by them. And you can't stay a perpetual child, a Peter Pan, for the rest of your life. You have to grow up. That's what human beings are supposed to do. we have been brought up with this cotton wool, with these faceless experts above us, all dealing with major problems. And look at the mess we're in today. We're like children. We don't know what to do. We've never learned what to do. And we're, we've been taught to have blind obedience to our, our masters, our betters. Those who come out of the special rooms at the top.
7: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually I talked to a friend who I asked her, I said if they told you to jump off a bridge in this one religious organization, would you do it? And she said, Yes. So it tells you right there, you know. They say if the tree mm-hmm. is orange, you know, would you believe it? And they say yes. So but I you know, other than that I, I just don't I don't know what to do about it all. I looked mm-hmm. at um the same with the vaccines and the babies and, you know, informing people of what they're doing. It's practically a holocaust with the vaccines and abortions, but I don't know yeah. what to do about it.
4: Do you have any suggestions? Just, just keep or? on doing what you're doing. This is what we all must do. It is up to each individual. Whether they know or not they're making choices it's going to affect the whole world, definitely affects them, and we've got to keep yeah. soldier on and, well, and see this through. But that's okay. the music for the show ending.
7: Okay, thank you. And
4: Thanks for calling. And uh, from so Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada, for its thundering and lightning right now. It's good nights and may your God or your gods go with you.